This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 20th of April. In your Squiz today, the Prime Minister announces a Royal Commission into veteran suicide. Navalny receives medical care. Europe's breakaway football league. And Big Bird goes missing. This is your Squiz today. Yesterday, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced a Royal Commission into the rising rate of suicide amongst veteran and serving defence personnel. It's something the defence community, affected families and MPs and senators have called for for some time. In short, what's brought this on is that the number of serving and ex-service men and women taking their own lives is climbing. From 2001 to 2018, there were 465 suicide deaths among that group. Uh, That number apparently has soared, though, particularly over the last year. And many campaigners have pointed out that 41 Australian defence personnel died during the Afghanistan conflict. So there's quite a contrast in the number there. Pressure has built, uh, not just this year, but also last year when families of victims uh, and also many attached to that defence community have said that there's a real issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, the inquiry will look at the broader systemic issues, but also the day-to-day difficulties veterans who are at risk of suicide face That includes issues with housing, employment and transitioning out of the force. Yeah, and it really is that transition out, uh, but also support for those who are serving that really is under uh, the microscope here. What families say particularly is that those who have seen some really gruesome uh, and difficult things while serving on behalf of Australia, they're not receiving the proper support when they get home, particularly mental health support, and that's something that they really want to get to the heart of. The announcement was welcomed by Labor's veteran spokesman, Brendan O'Connor, but he said it had been done begrudgingly, belatedly, and because of the pressure brought on by the veterans community. If that story has raised any issues for you, a link to get in touch with support services is in your episode notes. National Cabinet met yesterday, Claire, to discuss resetting the vaccine rollout. The PM and state and territory leaders agreed in principle to a range of changes to the vaccine strategy. And the big one is bringing forward vaccinations for over 50 year olds. Yeah, so when it comes to this coronavirus vaccination program, it seems that there's a whole rejig that has to happen and that's really been driven, one, by supply issues, but two, uh, advice from the experts that that AstraZeneca vaccine shouldn't be given to those aged under 50. What it means, though, is that there's an opportunity to vaccinate more of the over 50s more quickly. So doing that requires a restructure and a reset, as you say, Uh, The idea is that GP clinics will still be the primary model of rolling out those vaccinations to people aged over 50, but it could be that more state and territories will do more to have mass vaccination sites, and that's something that they're really going to make decisions about on Thursday. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said yesterday that the bulk of the 40 million Pfizer doses on order won't come until the end of the year, and a 12-week sprint could be the way to go to get to the under 50-year-olds but there'd need to be plenty of planning to achieve that. After almost three weeks of a hunger strike and alarming calls for immediate medical assistance, imprisoned Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny is now receiving care in a prison hospital. 
It comes after the US, UK and European nations warned Russia that it would be held accountable by the international community if he dies. Yeah, lots of people with eyes on that uh, and lots of interest in making sure that Alexei Navalny does actually survive his prison stint. He was imprisoned in February on old embezzlement charges. He says that they're claims that were politically motivated. But since being in there, he has a range of health issues that come from his poisoning attack last year. Uh, but also conditions in prison are said to be particularly harsh. And that's why he started that hunger strike. He said he wasn't getting adequate medical care. He's now apparently on the brink of death. Uh, What his supporters and his lawyers and his doctors say is that it's a really serious situation. Uh, He's now been taken to that prison hospital, as you say. Uh, Ironically, it's in a town called Vladimir, which seems to be an unusual taunt. Russian officials warned against protest action overnight, saying they would clamp down hard if that was to happen. Over to the US, and after three weeks, closing arguments have been made in the criminal trial against Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer accused of killing George Floyd. Now, Claire, the jury has retired to consider its verdict. Yeah, that's only just happened this morning. Uh, In summing up, the prosecution has urged jurors to believe their own eyes. They say that the shocking video of Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck is really all they need to see. The defence, though, says that that's not a proper analysis of the case, that there's a whole backstory to it that includes Floyd's history with drugs, his pre-existing health conditions and also his behaviour on the day. Jury deliberations can be anywhere from several hours to days or even weeks. The city of Minnesota is said to be braced for what comes next, with concerns that Minneapolis could again see civil unrest like the protests that erupted after Floyd's death last May. A dozen of the world's biggest football clubs have agreed to join a new competition called the Super League. It's a concept that's been around for the past few years, Claire, and many aren't happy that it could be a reality. Yeah, aren't happy is a a very (laughs) mild way of putting it. It has drawn out swathes of fans, uh, the governing bodies of Europe's soccer, uh, also national leaders, including UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and French President Emmanuel Macron. They're very much against it. What it is is a grouping of the top uh, really big fan-based clubs, so clubs like Arsenal, Chelsea, Barcelona, uh, Manchester United, all of those uh, that get the big bucks and the big views. And what they would do is take themselves out of the Champions League, which is the tournament that pits the best European clubs against each other and just put them into a very small grouping. Uh, That would deny small clubs that actually are performing really well from being able to play on that big stage against the big teams. So if it goes ahead, it would certainly be a really big disruption to how soccer is played in Europe. Yeah, and money seems to be a big driving force for the Super League. Reports say the new comp will bring in billions more in broadcast dollars and the clubs have also been promised big sign-on payments. For the first time, Earthlings have made the first powered controlled flight of an aircraft on another planet. NASA's drone called Ingenuity was airborne above Mars for less than a minute, Claire. But it's a big feat because getting the drone off the ground is harder than it seems. Oh, harder than it seems. I reckon it seems really hard. (laughs) It sounds like an absolute nightmare to fly a drone just in front of you seems really hard to me. But to try and fly one on Mars just sounds like an impossible feat. But they've done it overnight. 
design. What it means is that Ingenuity will be able to surveil Mars from the air. And of course, uh, they've got um, the rover up there at the moment. That's Perseverance. Uh, It can do a lot and it's taking a lot of samples and doing other good work. But to be able to look uh, at the Mars surface from the air just above it is really quite an incredible achievement. Yeah, it really is. And NASA hopes to conduct a series of longer flights in the coming weeks, which will allow the space agency to develop ways to conduct aerial surveillance of Mars, as well as other planets or moons. For those familiar with Sesame Street, you might remember Big Bird, the bright yellow feathered character. Despite his size and rather distinguishable features, Claire, authorities are struggling to find him. He's gone missing. He was stolen from a circus in (laughs) Adelaide. (laughs) In terms of random stories, this has to be up there. He's said to be worth $160,000, so I hope they've got some insurance on him. Uh, I would have thought he'd be rather easy to track down. He left um, some feathers as he went down the road. I don't know where this person thinks they're going to use him, but, yeah, he stands out a fair bit, Big Bird. He definitely does. Look, fun fact, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. In 2019, a $4,000 furry lion costume was stolen from a home and two arrests were made over the theft of the ABC's Bananas in Pyjamas back in 2011. Oh, well, that's just a national crime to steal one of the B1 or B2. That's not on. Before we go, Claire, Squiz Kids is back after the school holiday break. If you know any curious kids, please let them know about our weekday kids news podcast. I've popped a link to it in your episode notes. And speaking of coming back, I'm pretty relieved to say Kate will be back on deck tomorrow morning. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.